Yo, what's up? It's your girl, DJ Narc. What's going on? We are back. If you have it, smoke it. And please drink something when you get a moment. I'm going to drink something as well. Before we begin, I have a list of things that we didn't get to last time. But now that all this new stuff has come out about Britney Spears, maybe we should start there. And for those of you who are like, oh my God, why is everyone so obsessed with what's going on with Britney Spears? Well, you know, I'm tired of trying to guess what's going on. I'm just going to tell you what's going on with me and why it's weirding me out so much. Right? Should we just do that? And then I'm sure you have your reasons as well. But I feel like I should just clarify mine because they're deeper than just what's going on with her. I'm having extreme deja vu and her fucking weird posts are not helping. I'm already having this like unnerving amount of deja vu. So I'm like already dealing with that. And then whoever, whomever is in charge of her social media, obviously not her, is posting things, not saying it's current, sometimes saying it's current, but posting things that I feel like I've seen. So it's adding to my sense of deja vu and it's really weirding me out. The other thing about it is that I think that it's being handled the way it is by someone who knows exactly what they're doing, which is terrifying because everyone who's looked into it or is interested in it, there's a general consensus of like, this is erratic, this is chaotic. Is this Sam? Is it being done to make her look crazy? I don't think it's any of those things. I think it's to put somebody in front of you so many times that you associate that person as being Britney Spears. It Like the spinning and the weird posing and everything, none of that makes sense unless you look at it as just a way to reinforce that that's who that person is. And when people start talking about like, oh, the gaps in her teeth and all this kind of stuff, you know, you sound crazy. You sound crazy. So, you know, they know. They know that you can't do that. They know that no one's going to believe you if you're like, oh, she's a clone. She's a body double. And if you show that other person that you want people to believe is Brittany over and over again, especially doing something really odd, you know, like the odd poses and the spinning and all that then I think what you do is you reinforce in the mind of people who are very young, who really don't have a lot of reference for what she used to be like. I think you just give them a very strong impression that that's her. And they have really nothing else to reference. So they're like, okay, that's her. But here's the thing that blows my mind. And I know exactly how crazy I sound. But some shit, like, it really bothers me because I notice it. And, like, no. I don't know who the fuck thinks that's Britney Spears. But you can't change the length of your legs. Like, I get everything else. I get that they like change somebody's face or the eyes don't match or whatever the fuck is going on. But the body. And you know how I know? 
because someone did like an AI thing where they were like, they asked AI, you know, could you show me paparazzi pictures of Britney Spears and Sam Asghari? And so the AI took all the pictures it has of Britney Spears from back in the day and created these like bomb ass photos. And the thing that you notice in the photos right away is the thing that I noticed when I went back and watched some of her performances, it's a completely different body type. She just has longer legs. That's all. That's it. It's not like a big deal or whatever, but it's not the same person. Like it's one thing to be like, oh my God, the chip in her tooth and the eye shape, the angles. That's not the same body. It's not the same body. It's not even someone like, it's strange actually how we've just accepted that body because it's not, it's not the same body. So if Sam Asghari pays a bunch of people to go all over the internet, all these dirty, dirty people who just take your money and say whatever you want. And he paid all these, you know, these women to come to this quote unquote staged wedding. And they all did it because they're doing it for a check, right? And they probably got some sob story like, oh, she's on her last leg. It's her dying wish. It's all she wants or some shit. Okay. And we've already established that there's no doctor in the world who would agree to that care plan, right? And she's still under a conservatorship. So how did she, she's under a, a form of a conservatorship. The person who's in charge of it has changed hands. So how would she be able to completely go off her meds and just be drinking all the time? How, how's that happening? But in the midst of all that, somehow you got her cleaned up and stood up in front of like six of her quote unquote friends that didn't give a fuck about her for the past fucking 15 years. Like, excuse me, where the fuck was Paris Hilton? You, you have money, right? You know people, you're from an old money family. Like, where were you? Why were you not checking on your girl? Instead, you were hanging out where her manager who put her in the conservatorship? And her friends and her other clients, really? And then you're at her wedding? So that entire narrative is a lie. Now that makes everything really fucking scary. That's terrifying. It's a lie. It's a lie that she went off her meds. It's a lie that she's drinking and off her meds and and has had has had some sort of psychosis. These are the words they're starting to throw around. Do you realize how fucking irresponsible that is? That's somebody's medical history. That's something that she is not given anyone permission to talk about. This douchebag is out here paying people to say whatever the fuck he wants them to say because he's got a prenup that everything goes to him if something happens to her. Like... And you know what kills me? And I know this is like a petty thing to say, but I noticed it about him as soon as I saw him for the first time. He looks like Kevin Federline to me. Like they look alike. And that irritated me to no end because it's like, it reminds me of Bobby and and JFK. Like it reminds me of the Kennedy brothers. It's like, I get having a type, okay? I get having a type. I obviously have a type. But 
But like physical type, okay, I get it. You have a physical type. They do look alike. You have a physical type. But they look alike in that they're both, they have this douchey look on their face. And, right, it just came out recently that women, studies prove that women can tell if a man is a cheater just by looking at him, right? That's why I think the casting in White Lotus was so great, the the rich husband, Um He's he's a douchebag. You can tell from looking at him. Just just one look at his face. You can't trust that guy. Right? So that's what I think is so interesting about Harper's character is that it proves the other side of that study that men can't tell when women are cheating. Essentially, men can never tell. If we don't tell them, they don't know. Even when they suspect, they can't really tell. It's their own suspicion that can drive them crazy, but not because it's in any way bolstered by something that women do. They really can't tell, (laughs) which is funny. Anyway, so her father comes out around the same time as Sam is throwing all these people out there into the media to talk about this the same night, and he gives a Daily Mail interview saying, see, see. Wasn't it so much better when it was me controlling the conservatorship? So basically what's happened is that she got federlined again. I mean, I know it's not a sexy answer. Smoke it if you got it. I know it's not a sexy answer. I know it's not an exciting answer. But it is the answer that made your stomach drop because you know it's fucking true. Everybody knows that girl. We love her, okay? We love her. We're not judging her. We're not here to do that, okay? But everybody knows that girl that just, she can't fucking help but go back to the dude who's gonna pimp her. She just can't help it. Drink something. And the ones that I love, yo, there's this one subset of dudes who are total pimps who are always trying to scare the girl into like never traveling and never going anywhere anywhere with her friends because it's human trafficking. And he's always like scaring a girl. It's usually like a really pretty girl. He'd be like, no, 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 don't go anywhere with them. That's human trafficking. No, 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 you can't go to Miami. That's human trafficking, you know. But like, it's always a dude who's mentally pimped this girl out their whole relationship. Like this is his bottom bitch, the way he treats her. But he's so worried that she's going to go out there and somebody else is going to take his, take his property. You understand what I'm saying? (sighs) Anyway. So some girls, you know, these girls, you know, everybody knows that girl that keeps fucking the dude that disrespects her, that keeps fucking the dude that takes her money, that keeps fucking the dude who uses her for everything and then is gone, never around on the holidays, never around to give her a check, never around, you know, when she's in a bad way. He's always busy. He has, you know, he has priorities, you know, and she loves him for those priorities. She's just not one of them. And it's fine. Like I'm saying, we're not judging because I haven't met a woman yet who didn't suffer deeply from some form of self-hate and therefore allow some man to treat her like some like shit in some way or another. So there's no judgment here. I'm just saying we all know a girl like that, right? 
And the thing that these girls have in common is that they don't know love. They've never known love. Nobody's ever loved them. So, you know, it's Krishan. It's the same shit. If you don't know love, if nobody ever loved you, then, you know, you're a, you're a hungry, you're a hungry person out there in the world. You may not have ever eaten, but you know what hunger is. You know, you're hungry. You may not know exactly what you like to eat or what you don't like to eat yet. You haven't gotten that far, but you do know that you have a primal urge that needs to be filled and it needs to be filled quickly. Well, chances are, whatever you come across first, you're going to end up loving for the rest of your life. That's how we, you know, get these weird food jags that we have. Some people just fucking love peanut butter. Some people just fucking love pickles, you know? Oh, yeah, let's go to that one place. One time I was so hungry and I went in there to get a slice of pizza. It was like the best fucking pizza I ever had, right? When you're hungry, you just need to be fed. Now, there is a very interesting hell-bound subset of good-looking men who can't feed themselves, who can in no way provide for anyone. They are truly bums. They're lazy. They have no talent. They're not very smart. But you know what they have in abundance? Charm. In fact, most of them are pretty good looking and they've made their way in life by not ever having to lift a finger and just being able to charm everyone around them. It makes for a really particularly distasteful kind of man because they've never had to do anything, so they're quite precious and delicate. Yeah, gross. So... That man, who couldn't lift a finger to help anybody, least of all himself, can spend day and night convincing you that love is all you ever needed, baby. Love is going to give you wings. I'm going to love you so much. You're going to forget all about your mom and dad and the way you grew up and being a Disney slave and a mind control freak. Like, I'm going to love you so much, and we both love to dance, okay? Red flag. I'm going to love you so much that you won't feel that hole deep in your heart anymore. What did the psychiatrist say in the Maryland tapes? She could just never get over all that time she spent in the orphanage and in the foster homes being sent back from so many being so unwanted she just she could never heal from it it was too deep it was this nagging insisting feeling no matter how well things went they couldn't have gone better just always there sabotaging her it doesn't matter what they say it doesn't matter how much they like you they just want a piece of you they're lying to you. They don't love you. They just want a fucking piece of you. And she was right. And she was right. They did. They did just want a piece of her. And I think Marilyn Monroe having such a fucking awful origin story, like really like a villain's origin story, perhaps gave her the grit to even make it as far as she did. 
Brittany being surrounded by family and then being inducted into the quote-unquote Disney family, oh God, at such a young age, she didn't develop this rough and tumble, you know, I'm dirt poor and I got to do whatever I need to do. What does she say, Marilyn Monroe, in the tapes? She says, um, I was never happy. I never expected to be happy. You know, just cried all the time. So that level of, you can call it street smarts, you can call it being, what is it? What is the word that I'm looking for? I can't think of it. The word escapes me. Savvy. That's the word. You can be savvy about it. It was a business and Marilyn knew it was going to eat her up. But she fought tooth and nail, it seems like, till the very end. Until, you know, that need to be loved, that need to be a parent, that need to heal those childhood wounds. It just, it took over. And in that way, aren't they so similar? Because you have this woman who obviously just wants to be loved. All through her career, the one thing that has been constant is that she really loves and she likes being in love and her partner is her whole world and that's that becomes the nucleus around which you know everything in her life revolves now how easy would that be to manipulate if you figured that out she's got a fucking flashing sign on her head she's the quintessential victim of a narcissist right and then after all these years of having it be proven to you that you are indeed not loved at all. You know, not the man who you had kids with that you trusted, not the man that, that man that told you that he was going to love you enough that you would forget that your mom and dad did whatever they did and Disney did whatever they, not that man. That man turns out to not love you at all. In fact, he turns out to take everything from you. He turns out to be the weapon they use to stick into your chest and take everything away from you. Okay. And then you have 13 years to think about that as you also ruminate on the fact that nobody indeed loves you. They just love the paper you can print. Well, that person is ripe yet again, like in childhood, for somebody to sweep in and say, hey, baby, I'll love you. And right on cue, here's this fucking douchebag. Fucking douchebag. Everything about this dude is like just classic douchebag. From the fucking facial hair to the fucking hairdo, the fucking accent, the fucking clothing choices, the douchebags he hangs out with. Like, honestly, ugh. I don't even want to say it because I know it sounds really mean, but like, it's the kind of guy that if you see like on Rodeo, you're like, can we cross the street? Because you can see him like a block away and you're like, I don't, I don't want to walk past that. Like, I don't want to walk past it. It's not even like I'm saying it like, oh, he would hit on me. No, I don't even mean that. Not at all. I don't even mean that. 
a thousand million percent he would not. I don't even mean that. It's just that social climber energy is like walking through like a slaughterhouse. Like it just smells disgusting. Like, I don't know what it is. Like people who just only acknowledge people that they think are important have an air about them that like it literally to me, it's like it smells like the face I make around people like that. It's like I'm smelling something bad. Like if your tone, if how much you laugh, if the brightness of your face, if everything, your posture, everything changes, depending on who's around, depending on who you deem to be more or less high status, like you're gross. (laughs) You're just a gross person. Anyway, he's that kind of person. He's the kind of person who stages a fake wedding and pays a bunch of people who will do anything for a check to show up, you know, and stand in front of green screened, like golem like figures wearing like green screen wedding dresses. Okay. He, he's that person. He's the person who would do that and, and hire the talent and then hit on the talent at his staged fake wedding. That's that's him. That's what I mean about like you would want to cross the street. That's what Sam Asgari is. So yeah. And okay, just by the by, I think it's fucking hilarious that like the CIA psyops are having such a wedge thrown into them by the fact that Sam Asgari is Irani. Like that's hilarious to me because they're like, how the fuck is Britney Spears fucking our shit up right now? Like, what the fuck? Like, there's a lot of things that the CIA can predict, but I guarantee they did not see this coming. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't see just like a rise of negative sentiment growing against this one man. <laughs> All it takes is one. All it takes is one. Um. So, and if you're wondering what I mean by that, I mean that every woman I know has had one bad experience with a Persian man and been like, never again. I have not, so I can't say. Um, I don't know, Persians, Turkish, they're very mixed, right? They have very mixed blood. They're from like that whole region. They're all mixy, mixy, mixy. I don't know. I've just never really been attracted to mixes. Isn't that strange? Like that kind of mixing. I like I like like obtuse mixing from really far away places. <sighs> That's neither here nor there. I don't know why we're talking about that. Oh yeah, because we were talking about Iran again. No, I've never dated an Iran again, so I can't say. But I do. I can say with absolute surety that every person I know that has dated one has had a terrible experience. So I think that when people see Sam Asghari doing whatever the fuck he's doing, they're triggered. They're triggered. They're triggered by their own experiences. They're triggered by the experiences of their friends. They're just like, I know this guy's a douche. I cannot trust this fucking guy. This guy's fucking lying. And he fucking got Britney. He fucking got Britney. This dumb girl who just wants to be loved so bad and just happens to be a fucking goose who lays golden eggs. That's her only fault. You know, Britney Spears in Iraq got a lot in common. Didn't do a fucking thing wrong. Just happened to be just just happen to be too rich. You know, that's Iraq's whole problem. You know, that's why we're going to be there for the next hundred years. God forbid. 
Everyone got mad at McCain when he said that before he died. They were like, oh, my God, John McCain. McCain was like, oh, shit, sorry, my bad. Are we not saying that out loud? Did you think we were building a city within a city just to leave? <laughs> the American embassy in Baghdad is like a city within a city. You think they were building that because they were leaving in 10 years? No, they're going to be there for a century. But Iraq's only crime is that it's too rich. <laughs> That's it. That's the only thing Iraq ever did wrong. Ever. Ever. For the most part, it's just, you know, kept to itself. <laughs> yeah. Just too rich. Won't be tolerated. How can you how can you just sit out there in the desert with all that money? Go fuck yourself. Britney Spears, how can you how can you think that you can be worth all that money in perpetuity Ooh, and just be out here doing whatever you want? You think you can drive your own car? You think you can have access to your kids? You think that you can? No, 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 no. It doesn't matter if the whole world stands up for you. It doesn't matter if every person on the fucking internet is tearing their fucking hair out. They're not going to give you up. They're not going to let you go. Fuck around. Turns out that this little girl killed herself. D Listen, it's going to turn out to be something bad. I'll tell you that. I'm not a psychic, so I can't tell you what it's going to be, but I know it's going to be something bad because the way they are posting and the type of content they are posting, it is very human trafficky. Okay. It, is terrifying so there's like they are trying their hardest to make her seem so unhinged that if they say they found her dead in a ditch you know we're not going to blink twice and whenever something is that cohesive you have to question it people are not that cohesive it's like when you look at somebody's instagram feed and it's like mad cohesive like the first thing i think is like okay you know what I mean? <laughs> okay, yeah. Cool. You know? We're still doing that? We're still doing that, like, theme thing? Okay, all right. No, no, it's fine. I thought, like, TikTok got rid of that. But that's okay. That's okay. Rock on, you know? It's, uh... It's too cohesive. It's too crazy. It's not real crazy. Okay, real crazy is most of the time not crazy. Real crazy is like, real crazy is Tory Lane's dad screaming on the steps and his wife. Real crazy is like most of the time like kind of quiet, maybe like questionable outfit choices. But like real crazy when it's crazy, you're like, whoa. Okay, I knew he was kind of off, but I didn't know he was crazy like that, right? This is just like insanity, 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 insanity. Do you see how there's like no break? There's no respite from it? It's fake. It's fake. Because crazy people aren't just crazy 24-7 like that. Like even crazy people have moments of fucking rest and moments of clarity where they're like, oh shit, I'm being fucking crazy. You know what I mean? Like even someone like me, like I know I'm an asshole most of the time. I know. I know. It's not like I don't fucking know. But then I have these moments of clarity where I'm like, oh, I shouldn't be an asshole. This is wrong. I shouldn't be this way. You know, I have those moments. Everybody has moments. 
regardless of if their issue is anger or rage or they're just fucking nuts or they're OCD or whatever it is, everybody has sober moments where they're like, all right, I'm a chill, you know, or like, sorry, I posted that or like, yeah, I, you know, I was on a bender last week. Like I wouldn't even be, I wouldn't put it past her. Brittany from like 15 years ago, I wouldn't put it past her to be like, sorry, I had too much to drink the other night, posted some crazy videos. Oh my God, I'll take them down. Like, no, but Brittany used to post like one line captions, like dope one liners and hot ass photos of herself. Like, no, no. And that's where they're fucking up. They thought that everyone would just fucking buy it, that she was nuts and she was posting crazy stuff. And then one day they were going to come out and say, oh my God, such and such happened. And we'd be like, yep, because she was fucking spinning around like a crazy bitch. We knew something. This is it. This is it. That's it. But think about that. The concerted effort that you have to make to keep posting crazy shit so you can set this woman up so you can take her empire. And they thought they were going to get away with it. They thought that we were just going to be like the the whole thing, you know, rested, right? The 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 this is all hinging on them knowing that we would feel guilty, that we would be like, "Oh shit, we're the ones that got her out of this conservatorship and look at this bitch now. This bitch is fucking insane now. This is our fault." And that we wouldn't say anything. So they just pushed it more. Let's make her look more crazy. Let's make her look more crazy. This is just helping us. They feel stupid. They feel responsible. And you know, that's exactly how I know that it's fake because it's overdone. It's overdone like everything Sam does. That's what I'm telling you. I get his personality. He has a very specific, cheesy, brown guy personality. I can tell you, honestly, I know 10 guys off the top of my head with that exact personality. And they just overdo everything and they know they're overdoing it. And when they talk about overdoing stuff, their nostrils flare in a way that's so disgusting that it makes every ounce of like estrogen and progesterone just dry up in your body, right? Your body's like, I never want to breed again. Like it doesn't even matter what they look like because they're usually good looking, but they're just so cheesy. They're just cornballs. And like in a way where you're just like, it's not even about being foreign born. It's not about being a fob. It's not like any of those things. It's just like, it's uncle, man. It's uncle. It doesn't matter how old they are. It's like uncle behavior and uncle jokes and uncle compliments. And like, like there's this video where he's like, come on, we got to go see what I have to put up with. Like, bro, I would like to keep my fallopian tubes, man. Like, I don't need you being this unattractive like in a public forum, like you're fucking gross, but it's like a certain type of personality that says things like that, that makes jokes like that. They're like, and then you go, did you see the TikTok? How you prepare for your girlfriend's birthday? Then like a real man, you go and get her flower. And then like a classic man, you take the petals and be, oh my God, bro. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. That's what every woman wants is a guy like you stopping at the fucking gas station and picking up that $5 fucking bouquet and ripping it to shreds and pouring it all over some fucking Las Vegas hotel room. That's exactly what women want from a real man, a classic man. You see what I'm talking about? This dude is so over the top. He's so cheesy. He has no taste. He has no fucking style. 
And he's responsible for this whole fucking thing. I'm telling you. Because the way the posts are, like, just the back-to-back nature of them, the the way the captions are, everything, it's the way he is. It's the way he is. Because all we've seen since the quote-unquote end of this conservatorship is him. We have not seen anything else. It's just him. And I can't wait for these fucking whores that were at her wedding to explain themselves. I can't fucking wait. Honestly, I can't fucking wait for Paris Hilton, for someone to finally call out Paris Hilton and be like, so you were using the N-word in the 2000s all the time to refer to broke black N-word bitches, probably from Compton, is what you were calling them because your boyfriend couldn't stop fucking these girls, right? Like, I can't wait for that moment where all these fucking bitches that tried to destroy these little girls tried to... Full on tried to destroy Britney Spears back in the day. Full on Paris Hilton was the fucking reason that uh, Lindsay Lohan fell off a fucking cliff back then. I don't know if you guys remember. Paparazzi was like kind of a new thing. TMZ was kind of a new thing. She was, uh, Paris Hilton was getting into a car with her friend and she just kept calling her fire crotch over and over and over again because she has, obviously she's a redhead. They made fun of her so much in that video that they basically drove this fucking girl crazy. They drove her to fucking drink. They drove her out of the fucking industry by bullying her. That's what Paris said. And now she's like pretending to be at fake weddings, leaving all these fucking comments under these fake fucking posts that Samuskar is making. This same woman who just sat back and did fucking nothing while she was in this conservatorship is now liking and commenting under these random, bizarre posts as if to legitimize them. And now, at this late date, we're supposed to believe... I know it's been a half an hour, but, like, I just have to get this out of my system because it's so fucked up. Like, at this late date, you want us all to believe that everything that's going on in Instagram has nothing to do with anything. She went off her meds. She's drinking. She's having a psychosis. Where are the ones posting on Instagram? Just ignore that. That has nothing to do with anything. Forget that. Don't ask any questions. So what happened at the wedding? Don't ask any questions. Was the wedding real? Don't ask any questions. When did she go off her meds? Don't ask any questions. Just know that she's fine. She's getting cleaned up. Oh, so y'all put her back in a cage. Or you killed her. Or she killed herself. With, like, look, come on. Or we're just going to keep using this little spinning body double who's like three inches shorter than her. Whatever you want. Whatever you want. And now I'm beginning to think, oh, God, now this is really scaring me. Now I'm beginning to think that all the footage we've seen, all of it. Drink something, please. Smoke it if you got it. I'm so I'm so in this. I can't even I didn't even like this thing yet. <sighs> Excuse me. You know what I think? And maybe I already said this in the other one in the other pod. But you know what I think? I think every single bit of footage that we have seen of her where she is not directly addressing the camera is footage from her conservatorship when she could not go anywhere and she couldn't do anything and she couldn't buy new clothes and she had no access to anything and she was so drugged up all the time that she didn't even think to clean her face or wipe out off her makeup. I think Everything that we've been exposed to, regardless of 
where they say it was shot or not shot, what house or what. I think every single bit of footage you're seeing is footage during the conservatorship at the height of her misery where she really didn't have anything else except like trying on weird clothes or spinning around or whatever the fuck she was doing. That's, that's what I think because there are moments where there are clips of her that you can tell like it's really her and it's like, okay, but she still looks completely out of it. Like she looks zombified. There's nothing in her eyes. There's no person there anymore. Right? So I don't think we've actually seen someone on TikTok was saying the last time we saw footage of her was in two was in 2020. And you know what? I didn't believe it then. I don't believe it. I don't I just I don't know why, but my brain just is like, no, all of this is a lie. None of this is true. I don't know why, but none of this is true. Okay, so now let's talk about another conspiracy. Werner, Werner von Braun, apparently, makes something called the Chronoverse. He was a Nazi who came over to the U.S. during Operation Paperclip. He was asked to create something for the U.S., and he said that he needed 10 of his Nazi scientists, he was also a Nazi, to help him with the thing. And they came over, and that was called Project Paperclip. It's all facts. It's all accounted for and proven. He, allegedly, makes something called the Chronoverse. The Chronoverse is a device through which you can not only see backward or forward in time, but you can also photograph what you're seeing. Upon hearing of the discovery of said, or invention of said machine, the Vatican acquires it and buries it in the basement. Apparently, when the chronoverse was completed, Von Braun wanted to go to see the crucifixion. And the photos that he produced from going back into time and viewing the crucifixion and taking photos of it, the photos, according to the Vatican, would have sent the world into a tailspin. I don't know what that means, but yeah. So there have been rumors floating around on the internet for the past 20 years that the chronoverse is yellow-tinted maybe because of the glass used or the dye that they used on the glass. I don't know. But it's yellow, and everything you see through it is yellow-tinted. One of the conspiracies is that Matt Groening has access to the chronoverse and that he uses images from the chronoverse that he may not necessarily understand. but he knows that they are occurrences that will happen in the future. And because he knows that he can just make whatever story he wants around them and still constantly be right about what happens next. Chronoverse. I want to see those photos, yo. Now, the aura is real and music affects it. You know what else affects it? Praying. You know what else affects it? 
bathing in salt water. You know what else affects it? Singing. You know what else affects it? Dancing. Meditating. Spending time in the green, out in the open, sitting next to somebody you love, comforting somebody, being lovely towards a pet or a child, beautifying your surroundings, being grateful, and most simply, breathing deeply. You ever noticed how really fucked up people don't breathe properly? You ever notice that? You ever notice that people who are all stopped up and angry all the time and unfair and narcissistic, they always have to take these big, long sighs and deep breaths because they always forget to breathe? So your aura is affected by music, by singing, by dancing, by the use of incense. And there are several animals out here in this hologram that are created to interact with this light signature, with your light body with your aura. They can see what color you are. The color, the actual color that actually matters. They can see what color you really are. That's why they like you or they hate you. They can really see you. Cats and crows, right? So, if you can affect your aura by doing such simple things, then your aura then interacts with this hologram and can create a lot of other really amazing things. It would make sense, <clears throat> excuse me, drink something, that the only thing that they would really need to control is your vibration. Because you're making everything else. Literally nothing else matters. They don't need to control anything out here. They just need to control your insides. <clears throat> they need to control how you feel about you. And how you think others feel about you. Because this will be the deciding factor in your vibration. And if they can make enough of you feel bad enough for long enough. And then this plant an idea in your head. Well, you make it real. So this spiritual war that people talk about that we're fighting. It's not somewhere out here. It's not in getting your friends to be woke. <coughs> and say all the right things. That's the, that's the lie. That's the bullshit. That's the ego. That spiritual war, it's inside you. 
that spiritual war is never external. There is no cause out here that you're going to fight for and you're going to win the good. The world's too fucking complicated. The world's too complicated. I'll give you a perfect example. Yasser Arafat had a six million pound flat in London for his fucking mistress. (laughs) Come on. The world is complicated. If there is some sense of superhero in you and you really want to do some good and you do take the idea of spiritual warfare seriously and you do understand that this is a this entire thing can be reduced down to two words. This is a vibe check. If you get that. If you understand that the only thing that you can win or lose is your soul. And that there's nothing out here to win or lose. That's the only thing. That's the only value. That's the only valuable thing that you came here with. And it's not even yours. (laughs) It doesn't even belong to you. And your only job is to safeguard it and get out of here. That's the only war. And if you're winning that war, if you're not spending your days in despair, if you're not contemplating terrible things about others, if other people's happiness makes you happy, if your own distress only brings you closer to the creator, if your own distress only brings you closer to prayer, if your own problems only bring you joy because you see and feel how the creator is pulling you closer, Allah says, my, my person, my person cries out to me once, Ya Allah. And I say back a thousand times, I'm here. I'm here. I'm right here. (laughs) If you have gotten to that point where the spiritual war is being won within you, where you start to see every choice that you're making with your time, with your money, with your clothing, with where your eyes go and don't go, with the words that your mouth is allowed to say and not say. If you're winning there, this life, it loses all its power. The binary code doesn't stand to get a chance against non-duality. Do you understand? And not non-duality as this new age bullshit concept where all good and all wrong, all good and all bad is the same. That's not non-duality at all. Okay. That's just simplification of, of a really concept, a complicated concept. What it means to step outside the zeros and ones of this hologram is that the things that are supposed to take you up and the things that are supposed to take you down no longer do that because your ups and downs aren't based on anything that's based in zeros and ones anymore. So the zeros and ones cannot effectively control you 
and cannot bring you up and down as they go up and down because you're no longer relying on the construct to tell you how you feel. You're in charge. You're telling the construct how you feel. And it has the job of decoding that and turning it to something that you can see in your external that you will enjoy. <clears throat> Excuse me. You take the power. When you decide that every good or bad thing that happens to me is a gift from the one who made me to bring me closer to it, to make me and my faith so much more sharp, so much more resilient, so much stronger that I can actually feel the armor being put on me. If you can get to the point where things happen that you didn't expect, things that six months ago you would have thought were really bad, if you can get to the point where stuff like that can happen and you just look at it and you go, challenge accepted. If you think this is going to be the thing that takes me away from God, you're wrong. <clears throat> and by the way, there's nothing me and God can't do. So let's get to it. Because what you're not going to do is scare me. If you can get there, <laughs> the spiritual war is already won. And like I said, there is nothing else. The rest of this is bullshit. The rest of this is fucking N NPC bullshit. Once that war is won, once you can look at yourself in the mirror and you know that you are genuinely being good and doing right by the people in your life, that you are making your way in the world, not off of somebody else, but off of your own work, your own steam, your own thoughts, your own, right? If you can get to the point where you know you're not on some shady bullshit with anybody and that you're treating yourself right and you're not letting anybody treat you funny. You've already won. From that place, you can tackle anything and everything and say, yeah, okay, I can deal with that. Because I'm dynamic duo. <laughs> me, me and God, this is a dynamic duo that you can't fuck with. I'm sorry to tell you. You know, you may think that you got a lot of people on your team, but my bench is deep. Right? If you get there, everything that's happening in this reality right now, no matter how hyped up and wild and golly yuga, like, you know, concentrated and frenzied it's getting, all of it will recede. This is the beauty of discipline. All, the world, as you see it, how, as it's bearing down on you in all these different ways TikTok and TV and movies and Instagram and Right? And the news and the fucking weather and the, oh God, the planet's going to kill us all. We know it. We don't give a fuck. Lamborghinis. Dubai. Right? Kick the ball. Jesus Christ. Like, I get it. And like, love it. Love it. Loved it. All for it. But also like, are we fucking at watching shit at the Coliseum while the whole planet's fucking burning down? Because, like, I got to tell you, when I got home the other day, I couldn't feel my fingers for, like, 20 minutes. I don't want to make a big deal out of it, but 
I fell asleep and I was in a dead sleep for like 10, 12 hours. I don't sleep like that. <laughs> My neighbor told me I might've had hypothermia. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like shit is wild out here, bro. Like it's cold. Nah, it's colder than it's ever been. So when the world is just right, so close. And on top of that is fucking Britney bitch. I don't know where the fuck this bitch is. Like, you know, our minds are full. Our minds are full. Discipline becomes such an amazing tool. It can just give you that distance that you need between you and the world. Whether it's like the discipline of working out or the discipline of a certain job you may have, or if you have a rigorous course of study or whatever, or if you're praying, whatever it is. It gives you that little bit of push off. You know, just give me a little room. I know, big bad world. Ah, everything is happening at once. Wow, wow, wow. So frantic. So frenzied. Wow, what are we going to do, Prime Minister? You know. But having discipline and focus in something will push it back enough that you'll begin to remember that it's not real. None of it. Nothing. No matter how attached you are to it, no matter how much you like it, including yourself, it's not real. None of this is real. This is all one big elaborate light show that's supposed to be so immersive that it completely dupes you. It's such a good dupe. You're so invested. You're so... You bought so heavily into the lie that there's no way out. And then you can truly be tested, right? So I was thinking about this today. What's the point of humans? Why? If you can know everything and you can do everything, what's the point of humans? Well, even though it may not seem like it, I think there are certain drawbacks to knowing everything and seeing everything. Because as any entrepreneur will tell you, it's the moments where you stumble and fall again and again and again because of your humanity, because that because you're flawed, because you don't know, that produce these tangents, results, completely off the wall other insights that you had no idea you were gonna do you know what I mean it they create scenarios and understandings that can only be reached through flawed means through a flawed vessel a a perfect vessel can't be flawed enough to fall so fucking hard that you get up and you go, fuck, man. (laughs) I don't have anything. I don't, I, I have less than fucking nothing. Nothing makes sense. I have less than nothing. My life has been complete shit. But you know what? I fucking love my kid. Or I love that girl. Or I love that man. Or I love my mom. Or you know what I mean? There are depths to us as these flawed 
extremely fragile creatures, physically and mentally, extremely fragile creatures. There are roads that that affords us that I think are a delight to the one who made us because it's such exciting insight. You know, it's like, uh, it's almost like you need a lesser mind. The only thing that I can equate it to and I am not in any way equating AI to God, so just relax. Drink something. I'm going to drink something so because I'm getting nervous with what you guys think I'm going to say. If you're wondering, I'm drinking organic dry pomegranate soda. Smoke it if you got it. If you're wondering, I am smoking. These are not ads. This is literally just me sitting here thinking... You're probably wondering what I'm drinking and what I'm smoking. Okay. So what I'm smoking is these Stizzy pre-rolls still, the King Louis the 13th. All right. So in that movie, I think it's called Go. I think the movie's called Go, about the AI program who plays... uh, What's his name? The doll sold. I forgot his name. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, I mean, it matters. The the guy's dope, but he's like the top Go player in South Korea. Go is a Korean game. That's all binary. It's all zeros and ones. It's fucking fantastic. It makes you smarter every time you play it. And they start teaching their kids to play it at like three and four, which is insanely cool. So in the movie. You know, they were already on the precipice of like terif- terrifying, being terrified with AI when the Go thing started, right? <clears throat> because it's such a complicated game and it's so culturally like important to them and it's been played for so long and it is quite a you know telling marker of intelligence that it scared them that this AI was playing it so well and that perhaps it could play it so well that even their top player couldn't beat it. And for a moment during the tournament, it did look like, you know, there was no way. And then something happened. And if I've mentioned this before, forgive me. But the guy thought up a move that only a lesser mind could think up. It was emotional. It was fragile. It was flawed. It was weak. It was desperate, but it was poetic. It was so human. And he won. He won against something that had played every version of that game that could be played into existence. And he won. Because in that moment, his entire culture and its dignity and pride was on the line, man. And you know how Koreans are raised. That shit's their lifeblood. You're not going to fuck with that. No, in that moment, he reached deep down into the filth and the muck that AI 
I mean, it knows it, it understands it. It can be there with you, in it. But you're the flawed creature. My mom just called and the half an hour that was done, the next half an hour of the pod was corrupted. <clears throat> it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. So what I was saying was, you're the one who gets to die in the dirt. You're the one who can drown in that mud. And in that, there is an insight. In that, there is a road that nobody else can see until they can see it through our eyes. You can't fake it. You have to completely forget that you're eternal and believe that this world is real and that you can actually get hurt and actually die and actually this and that. And then if you choose to put your life on the line anyway, if you choose to believe anyway, if you choose to sacrifice anyway, if you choose, it's like, whoa, this is real to you and this is all you have. And you're still okay with giving it up for a cause, for something you believe in, for people you love, whatever it is. And I think it is for that reason that heroes are so beloved because that is the moment of transcendence for, transcendence for us as humans, where we become something more, where our vulnerabilities and our fragilities are what ultimately elevate us into immortality. It is the giving spirit, the giving nature of us as humans. The spirit of faithfulness, the desire to believe and the fervor to do it unseen. It makes us unique and quite an entertaining case study, I might add. And then from there, light it if you got it, I don't remember what twist the pod took. I don't remember. <laughs> and maybe it's just as well. Maybe for now we leave it there. Your shortcomings, your flaws, wherever you find yourself in life right now as you sit and ruthlessly assess what you've managed to accomplish in this one spin around the sun. Just remember that none of this is real and it's all bullshit. It's all designed to test you and irritate you and frustrate you and refine you and make you a better person and a more polite person and a more giving person 
and a more compassionate person and a more patient person. And to do that, it's got to be filled with annoying, fucked up, stupid, irritating things. And that's okay. That's just fine. Because you know that when you signed up for this, that you wanted the adventure package. Obviously, you're, at the, you're here at the same time as me. And I know myself really well. And I know that every time I'm going to pick the adventure package. So, yeah, we're on the adventure timeline. So you chose an experience where you would be constantly tested. You chose this. Doesn't make it your fault. Doesn't mean that your circumstances aren't fucking frighteningly hard. Everybody's are. Fuck the system. Fuck these people who think that hoarding wealth is the answer. And like, what, going off planet? Great idea. That's never been done before, right? It's not to invalidate anything you're going through. It's for you to now look deeply into yourself and into your circumstances. And ask yourself if there's a way, despite wherever you find yourself right now, all the things you have and don't have, wish you had, And think, does this current state of my life determine my relationship with the divine? Does it make me believe or love any less? Or is it so sublimely set up that every time I encounter an obstacle, I am emboldened by that which gave me the obstacle, knowing that I would defeat it, knowing that I would crush it, knowing that I would conquer it, that which is rooting for me. Watch her crush this. Watch her fucking destroy this dude. Watch, watch, watch. Yeah. There's a lot of ways to play this game, you know. It's real scary that way. Whatever you think the game is, it turns into that. It's real scary that way. It's really scary. You ever seen someone who's playing a real, uh, Alan Watts used to call it playing a real far out game. You ever meet someone who's playing a real far out game? The kind of person where as soon as they meet you, they tell you about like the six people that cut them off before they got where they were going and how someone took their parking spot and it doesn't even matter because they've been having a really bad week because you know their boss was a total fucking asshole to them and of course just like the fucking person who didn't come by to give them the money which is why they're late you know didn't give them the money you ever meet someone like this Ooh, this game is scary as fuck when it comes to perception you think you think i cling to my faith because i'm just like oh I'm just such a good person. I'm such a, no, no, I need it. Because this, this world, dunya is all about perception. And as soon as your perception flips, this world fucking turns on you. 
If you get it in your head that people don't like you, ooh, people are going to start hating you. Conversely, the opposite is true as well, right? If you convince yourself, they're always talking in like psychology magazines and in studies about how like, oh, why do narcissists do so well in uh, corporate America? Well, because they believe completely and totally in themselves, even if they know their pieces of shit. Oh, but they hate themselves inside. Yeah, they know their pieces of shit, but they also know that they're better than everyone in the room. It carries you a really long way because this experience, this dunya, this black hole that we're standing on the precipice of, on the very edge of, it becomes anything that you feel it is, not that you think it is, not that you want it to be, not that you wish it would be, but anything that you feel that it is. Hmm? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the cool thing about discipline, whether it's martial arts or faith or music or whatever you do, the cool thing about discipline is that it hones your perception and then guards it so you don't slip, so you don't start thinking the crazy shit. That's why they don't let you go ape shit on each other in martial arts. They could let you beat the shit out of each other because it's also a mindset, right? They're training your perception and whoever trains your perception really does train your powers of manifestation. That's where you manifest from. It's the only way to manifest. The world will instantly and totally change according to how you feel in relation to it. That's all manifestation is. It's a mirroring. all these other things, all these other fancy like were and all this other, it's all bullshit. It's just mirroring. Your mirror neurons should be giving you a clue into this, right? It's just a mirroring. You have to, you have to feel it. And then it's there. And when we feel it, When we as humans feel it, it's so powerful and it affects everything around us. And from a bird's eye view of watching this quite primitive (laughs) monkey be able to feel something and get it so deep down into their imagination that their entire surroundings, this light show, it completely changes. That's good TV. So don't despair. Everything's going to be okay. They can throw any kind of number they want at you about how many people there are and what we have and what we don't have. But what you need to know is that you are chosen. That's why you're here right now. In this time, in this place. With all this going on. And the only thing you've been chosen to do is win the war inside you. And that'll be enough. That's how powerful you are. 
They brought out the big guns for the Kali Yuga, right? So just stick to that. And anytime the external starts to irritate you, man, I wish I could tell you a few things. Uh-uh. Fight your own battle. And let people fight their own. And when they try to project their battle onto you, step away. You have your own fights. Let them fight their own. Yeah? I love you. It's your girl, DJ Narc. I'll be back next week.